Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. So good to have you back, fellow wanderers. Thank you for listening to our journey through Middle-earth together. Today I'll cover the fall of the siege against Morgoth in a mighty battle. I'll be analyzing the chapter called Of the Ruin of Beleriand and the Fall of Fingolfin from a book called The Silmarillion, written by J.R.R. Tolkien and published after his death by Ballantine Books in 1977. Welcome to the Beginner's Guide to the Lord of the Rings podcast. We explore the foundational, epic stories from the deep past of Middle-earth. If you enjoy J.R.R. Tolkien's books, or maybe Peter Jackson's movies, or perhaps you're excited for Amazon Studios' new series, The Rings of Power, and you want to dive deeper into the rich world of Middle-earth, then listen and subscribe. Lago Vanyan, fellow wanderers. Today's episode date is April 7th. On this day in Middle-earth, in the Third Age, year 2942, Bilbo and Gandalf are returning west to the Shire. In the year 3019, Pippin rises from his sickbed. He had been sick after stabbing the leg of the Lord of the Nazgul weeks earlier and healed by Aragorn the King. This is adapted from Today in Middle-Earth History Calendar on the OneRing.net. Map check. It is the first age of Middle-Earth. The Noldor, a faction of elves, hold a siege against Morgoth, the Dark Lord, in the north of Beleriand. They hope in time to regain the Silmarils, which contain the last remnant of the light of the two trees of Alinor and Morgoth has stolen. The elves have made alliances with men who have come into Beleriand, leaving a darkness in their past. 455 years have passed since Fingolfin, brother of Feanor, returned to Beleriand, and that's where we begin today. In the 455 years since Fingolfin had arrived in Beleriand, the Noldor had grown content. Their siege against Morgoth in his northern realm seemed strong to them. They did not yet realize that without help from the Valar, their fight against Morgoth was doomed to fail. With each passing year, Morgoth's hatred for the Noldor deepened, and so, on a dark winter night with no moon, he made his attack. The sun and moon, if you remember from a few episodes previous, were gifts from the Valar to hinder the deeds of Morgoth, so I find it significant that Morgoth would choose this time to make his attack. Winter, night, no moon. He has crafted the perfect conditions for him to make a surprise attack against the Noldor. The first assault came as, quote, great rivers of flame that ran down swifter than Balrogs. So immediately, the grassy plains that separated the Noldor from Morgoth were covered in lava, burning and consuming all in its path including many villages, and many elves could not run the flame and were lost. Great clouds of smoke and poisonous fumes followed. This would have been a striking sight to behold. One moment is a dark, cold winter night. The next, the plains are filled with fast-moving lava. Because of this event, which initiated a months-long battle, the battle was called Dagor Bargalok, the Battle of Sudden Flame. Behind the flowing fires came Morgoth's servants. First was Glaurung, the first dragon. The elves had battled Glaurung a few hundred years before, but then he was a young and soft dragon. Now he had grown to his full strength. Following him came the Balrogs, and then numerous armies of orcs. The darkness of the night, the suddenness of the fires, the haziness of the smoke and fumes, the might of dragons, Balrogs, and orcs. The elves were easily confused and scattered in their defense and unable to raise any resistance in their front lines. On both the eastern and western flanks of Valerian, the armies of Morgoth broke the ranks of the elves, 
and the siege of Angband was ended. Now, let's review quickly how each of the chief Noldorine leaders fared during the battle. We'll start with the sons of Finarfin. Finarfin was brother to Feanor, but did not come to Middle-earth, choosing instead to stay in Valinor. However, his children, including Galadriel, had returned to Middle-earth and took part in the siege against Morgoth. The sons of Finarfin bore the worst of the attack. Angrod and Agnor, two of Galadriel's brothers, were slain early on, alongside their loyal friends of the House of Beor of the Race of Men. In an attempt to rescue them, their brother Finrod raced north from the fortress of Nargothrond, but he was cut off and would have been slain but for Badahir, a man of the House of Beor, who came to his rescue making, quote, a wall of spears about him and cutting themselves out of the battle. Because of this act, Finrod, quote, swore an oath of abiding friendship and aid in every need to Badahir and all his kin, and in token of his vow he gave Badahir his ring. I mentioned this ring before as the ring that will pass down eventually to Aragorn, and of which Wormtongue informs Saruman. Galadriel, the only daughter of Finarfin, dwelt at this time in Doriath. Because of the power of the Girdle of Melian, Doriath was able to withstand the forces of Morgoth, although they were cut off from all other allies. Now, let's return from Finarfin to his brother Fingolfin. Fingolfin at this time had the title of High King of the Noldor, having inherited it after his half-brother Feanor had died over 400 years earlier. Fingolfin and his sons held a northwestern land ringed with a mountain range, and so the sudden flame was somewhat held at bay, but he was driven back by the armies of Morgoth and unable to give aid to the other elves. Now, let's shift to the sons of Feanor. Remember, he had seven of them, and they had all sworn an oath to pursue any creature who withheld the Silmaril from their possession. Regardless of this oath, the battle did not go well for them either. Keligorm and Karufin were defeated in the east, and escaping were able to gather the remainder of their people at Nargothrond. The eldest son was Maedros, who, if you remember, had been captured by Morgoth, then saved by his friend Fingon, but had lost his hand to the chains with which he was bound. He did many deeds of valor, and the orcs fled from him, and he was able to keep a stronghold in the northeast. The others of Feanor's sons were able to join Maedros, or retreated further south with their people, not slain, but again cut off from all friends. Peace no longer reigned in Beleriand. In fact, war never ceased again for the rest of the First Age, and though the orcs wandered freely through the land, pockets of strength were held by the elves in various places. But before I close out today, I need to share the story of one last casualty of the Battle of Sudden Flame, a casualty that resulted from a one-versus-one hand-to-hand fight between an elf and the Dark Lord. Stick around through this brief sponsor break. We're not done yet. If you like this episode, please leave a review and share with your friends. And remember to subscribe if you haven't already. We'll be right back. You can be the hero of your own Marvel Comics adventure. Marvel Strike Force is an extraordinary mobile game, a haven for comic book enthusiasts and gamers alike. Lead your own fellowship of heroes and villains to battle against the forces of darkness that threaten the very fabric of the universe. From the menacing Doctor Doom to the formidable Apocalypse, every battle is a chance to prove your mettle. And right now, Marvel Strike Force is commemorating its six-year anniversary. That means free rewards await those who heed the call and sign up today. With weekly events and bonuses, this anniversary celebration promises a treasure trove of special rewards. Rally your allies, sharpen your blades, and dive into the action of Marvel Strike Force today. Use code MAXPOOL to unlock free new treasures. That's code MAXPOOL, all one word, on the mobile game Marvel Strike Force. Now, back to wandering.
Slowly, news passed to Fingolfin, High King of the Noldor, of all the losses and tragedies of the Battle of Sudden Flame. To him, it seemed, the Noldor had lost all hope of victory. Mounting his horse, he rode north with such fierceness that it seemed that Orome the Valar had returned to Middle-earth, so much so that his enemies did not hinder him. And, quote, thus he came alone to Angband's gates, and he sounded his horn, and smote once more upon the brazen doors, and challenged Morgoth to come forth in single combat. And Morgoth came. I love the imagery here. Fengolfin is one of the mightiest and noblest of the elves, being even from one of the earliest generations, from when the elves had awakened. He likely would have had memories of sweet Quivianen, the lakeside where the elves dwelt after awakening. He may have remembered the dark shadow creatures that Morgoth had first sent to torment the elves. He would have journeyed on the Great March, after witnessing the Valar in their fury go to war against Morgoth on the elves' behalf. He lived in the light of the two trees of Valinor, mingled with Valar and Maiar learning wisdom. Yet against him was the first sword drawn by his own half-brother Feanor. And yet even then he had forgiven Feanor all those long years ago. Fingolfin had been abandoned by Feanor, and yet led his people through the ordeal of the grinding ice in the north, sounding his trumpets at the rising of the sun, with flowers blooming under his feet. This is the elf, who, riding like a Valar, has come alone to Morgoth's fortress. He had been there, hundreds of years before, with his people behind him, ready to give battle to Morgoth, knocking on the gates and sounding his trumpets. Morgoth had ignored him then, but not now. Not now when Fingolfin is alone, when the grassy plains have been turned to ash, when Morgoth's orcs run unhindered. Morgoth can't ignore Fingolfin now. Not when Fingolfin has challenged him in front of all his servants, even calling him, quote, Craven and Lord of Slaves. Reluctantly, Morgoth comes forth from his underground throne. He is encased in black armor with an iron crown and huge shield. In his hand, he holds a giant hammer named Grand the Hammer of the Underworld. You may be thinking, Grand, that sounds familiar, and it should. If you've seen the extended version of the Return of the King movie, you would have heard the orc armies chanting Grand, Grand, in reference to the giant battering ram shaped like a wolf that was prepared to break the gates of Minas Tirith. Here's a passage from the Return of the King book, quote, In the midst was a huge ram. Its hideous head, founded of black steel, was shaped in the likeness of a ravening wolf. On it spells of ruin lay. Grand they named it, in memory of the hammer of the underworld of old. No doubt Sauron knew of the single combat between Fingolfin and his master Morgoth, and in some twisted way he honored his dark lord by naming the battering ram after his master's hammer. Like a storm cloud, Morgoth stood over Fingolfin, but Fingolfin is not dismayed. He gleams like a star, being covered in silver mail, with a blue shield beset with crystals, and in his hand a sword, Ringil, that, quote, glittered like ice. I love the contrast in their armor and weapons. Morgoth is clad in black armor with a giant hammer, a hammer that has no finesse to it, that can only crush and destroy. And Fingolfin, shining in silver like starlight that the elves love so much, the crystals in his shield were likely from the shores of Valinor, gathered by the Teleri long ago. And his sword glitters like ice, reminiscent of that horrible crossing in the north. Morgoth raises the hammer to crush Fingolfin, but he springs to the side and is able to pierce Morgoth's foot. Seven times he was able to dodge the hammer and wound the Dark Lord, but he could not withstand it for long. He grows weary, and Morgoth begins to crush him with his shield. Three times Fingolfin is able to push Morgoth off and rise again. This number intrigues me. Three times Fingolfin is able to rise again from being crushed. Returning to Grond, the battering ram built for the gates of Minas Tirith, the ram hit the gates of Minas Tirith three times, and the gates held. 
but on the fourth hit, the gates broke. Vingolfin stumbles into one of the large pits made from the hammer, and Morgoth is able to press him into the dirt under his foot. In a, quote, last and desperate stroke, Vingolfin is able to cut Morgoth's foot from his leg, then dies. The orcs take no pride in this battle, and the elves do not sing of it, quote, for their sorrow is too deep. Before the orcs are able to desecrate the body of Fingolfin, the great eagle Thorondor retrieves the body, also scarring Morgoth's face with his talons in the process. He flies the body to Fingolfin's son Turgon in Gondolin, also telling him of the great battle. Turgon, in grief, builds a cairn over his father. Quote, Thus died Fingolfin, high king of the Noldor, most proud and valiant of the elven kings of old. So the siege against Morgoth failed in the end, and even though Morgoth was not able to entirely annihilate the Noldor, he was able to defeat their king in single battle. Please join me next week, where we'll dive deeper into how the battle left the kingdoms of men, more on Badahir's story, and the deeds of Morgoth's second-in-command, Sauron. My friends, if you enjoyed this episode, let me know by subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing with your friends. For feedback on the show, please email me at lordoftheringspodcast at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at beginnersguidelotrpodcast. Until next week, remember, not all those who wander are lost. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.